So I started our faith last week. That was part one. Today is part two of our faith. And just to give you a little brief recap of what we talked about last week. We're in First Peter and we're going to be there again today. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. We were there last week and then we'll continue. So Peter was writing this letter to the Jewish Christians who were under persecution. And they were driven out of Jerusalem and scattered through Asia Minor. So as the Christians were being persecuted, they were being tortured and killed for their faith. But it relates to us now anyway, and will help us to understand and endure the trials and pressures we face and will face. In First Peter, as we said in chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, you don't have to turn, I'm just giving a recap. It says we are born again to a living hope through what Jesus accomplished and to an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled and eternal waiting for us. And the, the main text I focused on last week was we are kept by the power of God through faith. I mean, that is, that is so powerful if you get that. How we are kept by the power of God through faith. We talk, and the example I gave was of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who defied King Nebuchadnezzar who was a, the king of Babylon. They refused to worship the Babylonian gods and the image of gold. They were thrown in the burning fiery furnace and survived by the power of God. They walked by faith and God intervened and saved them by His power. Did you hear that? Because they were walking by faith, because they trusted God, by defying the king and not worshipping the idols, God intervened by His power and saved them. They should have been burned to nothing. But they were in the furnace and came out without even a hair on their head being scorched or smelling of smoke. They were kept by the power of God. Why? Because they walked by faith. Oh my God. So we talked about by grace we have been saved through faith. Because we believe in what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection. God saved us by his power. We didn't save ourselves. We are saved by the power of God. We don't know how that happens. But we are saved by the power of God. Only God understands how that happens. That's how we are saved, by the power of God. We are also begotten, born of the Spirit, by faith in the finished work of Christ. We are preserved in Christ as we walk by faith. And if we keep trusting, and if we keep believing, walking by faith, and keep abiding in Christ, God keeps us by His power. That is His promise. God, the Word of God says, when He, when he was... Um, <clears throat> He was talking to Moses. He said, If you honor me, I will honor you. Honoring God is walking by faith. Trust in Him. So if He has to keep, God has to keep His word. He cannot go against His word. If you are walking by faith, if you are walking in the light, if you are trusting God, He is obligated to keep His word. So He will keep us by His power. Whatever we need, if it's healing, Whatever provision, you need a job, whatever you need, you are faithful to God. God is obligated to supply your need. He, he is obligated to do it because He cannot go against His own word. 
So if you honor him, he will honor you. If you despise him, if you serve him any old way or you choose not to serve him, he will ignore you. And you're wondering why your life is a mess. Why one minute is things are good and why, why what, things are bad one minute. Why? Because you're, you're, you're up and down. When things are bad, you, you press in and he blesses you. And when you get the blessing, you back off. You focus on the blessing and none of the blesser. Then he lays, he takes his hands off and then you wonder why your well dries up. Because your focus is not on the blesser. So God is obligated to keep his word. We're going to pick up now, this will be part two. And let's go into 1 Peter chapter 1 and we're going to start at verse 6. I'm just going to focus on verse 6 and 7 today. Because there's a lot in there. And I believe that is pertinent to, to what the life we are living now because I've been going through some trials myself. And it's not easy. It is not fun. So, I'm going to share what the Lord has been revealing to me. Okay, verse 6. Alright, well, you know what? i got to go back because I'll go back and read the verse, some of the verses from last week and then I'll pick up in verse 6. So it says here, from verse 3, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Right? So he's talking about our, our salvation. We are but begotten again to a living hope through our belief in Christ. And we, that in our is bringing us to an inheritance that's uncorruptible, undefiled, and will not fade away. So that inheritance is waiting for us. Who are kept by the power of God, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now I'm going to pick it up in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the joint genuineness, and this is the, the New King James Version, which says genuineness, but the, 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 the uh, Old King James will say, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's go back to verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. What is this? This is talking about the salvation that we mentioned in the previous verses. The salvation we get when you believe in what Jesus did. And that salvation includes an inheritance that laid up for us. We will be fully redeemed when this body is put off. And when we come into the presence of Christ. So he's saying, because of we have been begotten of God through Christ. Because of what Christ is, we have been born again. And we now have a salvation and an inheritance that's waiting for us. He said in verse 6, in this you greatly re rejoice. You are rejoicing in the hope that you have that for what God has made available to us. In this you rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Remember, these people were being persecuted. They were driven out of their homes. So he said, you are 
Rejoice in the fact that you have your salvation. That you have an inheritance laid up for you. But then he said, Now for a little while, if need be, in the circumstances, it depends on where you are, you have been grieved by various trials. They are going through stuff. The loss of their home. The loss of, of loved ones or family members who could have been killed. Driven out from everything they know. Away from everything they own. So they are not going through small trials. They are going through some serious trials. Okay? They have, so you have been grieved or, or, or distressed by the trials that you are going through. Verse 7. That the genuineness or the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it be tested by fire. So the trial that you're going through is a fiery trial that you're going through. Because when you're purifying gold or any precious metal it is done by fire. Fire purifies the element. So he said for your faith to be developed, the faith for what you're going through, it is, is you have to go through a, you're going through a fiery trial. And when you come through it, tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is this? In the salvation you're experiencing, rejoice in it. Rejoice in it. Or sometimes we are faced with various trials which have us bogged down and distressed. I can relate to that. And I'm sure all of you can relate to that. Some of the people we prayed for before we started uh, the message, they can relate to that. Trials. We all have trials that we have to go through, that we are going through. Nobody wants to go through trials. I don't want to go through trials. I, I'll be honest. I don't want to go through trials. But I am not the one who is orchestrating my life. God is orchestrating my life. So when he brings a trial, it's something he's trying to do in me. I can't say no. Why? I can't say no. Why are you bringing this trial? Even if I say it, it's not going to change the fact that the trial, I have to deal with it. Because he has determined a season that there is something I need to overcome. Oh my God, did you hear what I just said? The trial is an indication of something that God wants you to overcome in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? God doesn't bring trials in your life arbitrarily. Why do we have to keep going through stuff? It says it in verse 7. So that the genuineness of your faith, the genuineness of your faith is being more precious than gold that perishes. Your faith, your faith, that's why we have to go through trials. It has to do with our faith. Oh my God. You'll get this. It'll change your life. The genuineness. And in the other version, it says the trial of your faith. And if you look it up, the, the, the Greek word, <coughs> the meaning of it is trustworthiness. The trustworthiness of your faith must be tested by fire. Must be tested by trouble. Our faith must be put through the paces to see if it measures up to a standard. Oh my God. And this standard is set by God. And that standard is Christ. Because the Bible says we are being conformed. When you said yes to Jesus. Immediately you are put on the track 
to be conformed into the image of Christ. And I'm not talking about his physical image. I'm talking about his character. When you said yes to Jesus, God immediately dispatched the Holy Spirit to put you on a track to be conformed into the image of Christ. That's what you signed up for. That is what we sign up for. You want the salvation. You want the promise. This is the way you're going to get to it. There are no shortcuts. So God will bring you, allows the trials, because you have to be, your character has to change. You have to be conformed into the image of His Son, who is the standard. Do you hear what I'm saying? Alright. So our faith is more precious than gold, material or temporal things that perishes. Do you hear that? If you get this, you will understand. Our faith is more precious than anything on this earth you can desire. But your faith is the channel God used so that you can appropriate the things from the Spirit and manifest it in the natural. Remember when Jesus told the paid about the taxes? He said, go, find the first fish you catch, open its mouth, you will find enough to pay for you and for me. By faith, whatever you need, God will provide it. Oh my God, you guys hear what I'm saying? So he said, our faith, as I said, is more precious than gold. More precious than anything we could desire on this earth. Because everything on this earth is going to pass away. So the trial, i got to define this. So the trial or genuineness is defined. And when you look in the concordance, it says trustworthiness. The trustworthiness of our faith. And it is defined, trustworthiness is defined as the ability to be relied on as honest and truthful. Your faith has to be at a level which is like Christ-like, where you can rely on it. You have to be able to trust your faith because that faith you're depending on is you expect something to come forth because of it. If you can't trust your faith, you're in trouble. So your faith has to be put through the, 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 the trials. It has to be put through the process. Why? Because it has to stand in the midst of the trial. It has to stand. And if it cannot stand, that means that faith is weak. That faith is no good. Everything you build upon the foundation of Christ is nothing. It's not going to last. And if your faith is weak, you're not going to make it to the end. You're not going to be able to endure. You know, the Bible talks about, work out your salvation. I forgot who said it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. People gloss over that. But that is very serious. Because without your faith, you may not make it. You think you're going to make it, but you're not going to make it if your faith is weak. Because Jesus could easily say, I don't know you. You think you got it all together. And at the end, that will be distressing if you come and say, I don't know you. You think you got it all together. And then he'd say, I don't know you. That's why they said there'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Lord, did we prophesy in your name? Did we cast out devils? He said, go away from me. I don't know you. Oh God, Lord, help me. I got to make sure I'm walking in your light. I'm walking in your ways. 
So that's why it talks about the genuineness of your faith. You have to be able to rely on your faith. Because if you cannot, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get it, make it through the trial. You're going to get squashed and run over. Because we are dealing with an enemy that is out to kill us. And he doesn't do it something, he doesn't do it right away. It's very strategic. So we have to have faith we can be relied on. Our faith has to be pure. Trials and troubles are the, are the mechanisms God used to refine our faith so that it meets the standard. God would allow the enemy to come in. He would allow it. Sometimes he op- we open the door for ourselves. Sometimes we think we got it all together. And he would allow trials to come in. He would allow that boss on the job to give you help. He will allow that co-worker on the job to give you help. He will allow it. Because there is something in us that we need to address in our own hearts. And God was showing me that the other day. I said, Lord, what's going on? You got to toughen up. For what I have called you to do, you got to have a thick skin. You have to toughen up. You have to humble yourself. You have to be able to stand and face the fears. And I got to trust him. And know that he has everything under control. Why? Because that's what he said. And I said, Lord, I choose to walk in your way. I choose to obey you. No matter what. Even when I'm feeling sorry for myself I say, at times. I say, Lord, I trust you. You are the only one I can trust. You are the only one I can rely on. I can't rely on man. I have to rely on you. People will fail you. But God will never ever fail you. Never. Never fail you. Never. And he's showing me. And showing that to me. And it's getting ingrained. Written on my heart. That he will never despise me. He will never ever leave me. Glory to God. So I choose to walk in the light. I choose to walk in his ways. Because when I have to face Jesus, I, ha- I don't want him to say, I don't know you. This is going to go longer than I planned. I know everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has a TV. But do you think that stuff just shows up in the retail store? A cell phone or a TV just show up? <laughs> no. There are standards or specifications for the science and the final product. Before any product showed up, shows up on the re- for retail, prototypes are built and tested to a standard. Prototypes are built and tested to a standard. A design of experiments is formulated to test the unit to see if it meets the standard. The tests are extreme and harsh. You hear what I'm saying? The tests are extreme and harsh. Harder, worse than the environment that that cell phone might find itself in. And if the prototype survived based on a set success rate, the unit moves through to the next phases towards retail. If the failures are greater than a certain criteria, the root cause is determined, corrected, and new prototypes built and tested again until it meets the standard. Alright? I'm just trying to give you an analogy here. 
So when the customers purchase the unit, there's a high confidence that the unit will perform as designed in the real world environment. Well, let me just put it towards our walk in Christ. It is so with our faith. We are spirit beings in a perishable body. Living in a fallen, corrupt world. A body that is easily corrupted by the world system. Believers and non-believers are in the world, which is the test environment. The world is our test environment. When you get born again, that's the start of God's desire to bring you to a standard. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you get born again, that is the start of God's desire to bring you to a standard to overcome the corruption that is in the world. The standard is Christ. To reach that standard, it requires faith. To reach the standard to overcome the world requires faith. And not any kind of faith, but Christ-like faith. (laughs) And so now we are in a test environment. This world we are living in is our test environment. Everybody is dealing with drama. Believers are non-believers. But we have something special. God has given us of His Spirit. We have been born again by the Spirit, by faith. So we are on our way to be conformed into the image of Christ. We are being conformed to meet that standard so that we can overcome the corruption that's in this world. And reaching this standard is more important to God than anything in this world. God will do what He has to do in in your life so that you can meet the standard. But you have to be willing to work with Him. Because if you're not willing to work with Him, He's not going to do, He's not going to force you to do anything. God is not going to force us to do anything we don't want to do. We have to choose to obey Him. We have to choose to submit to Him. It's a choice. He will never ever force us to do anything we don't want to do. And people say, how can God allow this? How can God allow that? God is not going to go against His Word. If He goes against His Word, He cannot be trusted. So He will allow the things that happen in the world. He will allow it. But He has warned those who believe and are in Christ. He has already warned us and told us what is going to happen. He didn't give us all the details. He gave us an overall view of what's going to happen. But by the Spirit, He will give us the details as we need to know it. So don't get anxious about what's going on in this world. Don't get anxious about the politics. Relax yourself. Know God has everything under, under control. If you're getting anxious and worried, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with you because our Father is allowing the things to happen so that what He has promised what the prophet has prophesied. These things must come to pass. So these things that are happening in the world now, we may not like it, but it has to happen. So that what he has prophesied, before he created anything, it has to come to pass. Do you understand what I'm saying? So be anxious for nothing. Don't get yourself all worked up. Listen for what he wants you to do now. Listen for what you need to be doing. So that you can walk in the light. 
So that you can walk in His ways, walk in His will. So that you can hear and do what He requires you to do. Don't get distracted. So we are in a test environment as children of God. And the trials and the conditions are allowed to develop our faith. Reaching the standard is how is more important to God than anything in this world, as I said. Yes, even more precious than gold and riches, because these things perish. But our faith in Christ is eternal. We are predestined to come be conformed into the image of Christ. We are predestined. God already said in the beginning, this is what I'm going to do. All those who are called, all those who, 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 who answer the call, I'm going to conform them into the image of Christ. So I put them in a test environment, so that I'm going to put them through trials, allow trials, so that their faith can be developed and get to the standard as Christ. It's going to happen. We don't like it. I don't like it. But I understand what my father is trying to do in my life. And I have to choose whether I'm going to obey or not. Whether I'm going to complain or not complain. Or just say, Lord, not my will, your will. Because it says we have been bought with a price. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. Once he said yes to Christ, you don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. And our focus is, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing in the body? What am I supposed to be doing for you? What do you desire to do through me? Because once you have that attitude, you are saying, Lord, you are answering what the scripture says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You seek the kingdom and all the gold and the stuff comes. We get it twisted. So we must have the courage, the confidence and the endurance to realize the promise of salvation and our inheritance. You don't quit and turn away from life in Christ. Which, if you do, is a testament of your faith being weak. If you quit, your faith is weak. If you're belly aching and complaining, your faith is weak. And the Lord will let you stay there and complain and stay in your stew until you decide to trust Him. And say, Lord, not my will, your will. He's, we, we can, whether you want it or not, we got to grow up. We're going to have to grow up. Our faith and the quality of our faith. You hear what I'm saying? Our faith and the quality. Because they talk about what? They talk about what trustworthiness is. You have to be able to rely on that faith. And that kind of faith is pure. That faith is strong, mature. It's not any kind of faith. So our faith and the quality of our faith. Critical to enduring to the end. And when we will face our Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith, our faith, and it says here in verse, at the end of verse 7, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go to verse 8. Whom have I not seen, you love. I have never seen the man Jesus. Me personally. I've never seen him. Never. Okay? But I'm getting to know him. More and more as each day passes. Why? Because I know him by the Spirit. Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth is come, he will teach you all things. 
and bring to your remembrance all the things I have said to you. And another place, I quoted the scripture earlier, right? He said here, talking about if you love me, you'll keep my words. And I will love you. And the Father will love you. And we will come and abide with you. And he said, I will reveal myself to you. Because after the, Jesus died and resurrected, the apostles said afterwards, even though we live with him, we no longer know him by the flesh. We know him now by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, after Jesus died and resurrected, they knew Jesus better after he died and resurrected. The Holy Spirit revealed the true character of Christ to them. And it's that same Holy Spirit we have if we pursue the God. That same Holy Spirit will reveal Christ to us. And we get to know Him. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Okay? So I've never seen Him. But I'm getting to know Him with each day that passes. I know Him by the Spirit. And as I study the Word of God and consciously submit. Do you hear that? You have to consciously submit to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. Who is my teacher? The Holy Spirit is our teacher. I can preach. You can listen to somebody on TV or wherever. But the only way you learn is the Holy Spirit has to teach you. Based on what the person says. That word is logos. But it's also rhema. For the person who is preaching it. But for you. Who is hearing that might be logos, it might be nothing to you. But when you receive it, you meditate. The Holy Spirit quickens and brings it to you and gives you rhema from what you have heard. Because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One day, Jesus will return. Because they talk about here, that we may be found to the praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we will see him in all his glory. But to be able to stay in His presence requires holiness. Do you understand what I'm saying? When He appears, you're able to, to look at Him face to face. Requires a pure heart. And a pure heart doesn't mean that you have to be a nun or, or a monk. A pure heart comes from walking in obedience to the Word and the Spirit of God. That's where a pure heart comes from. A pure heart comes from obeying God. A pure heart comes from walking in His Word, walking in the light. That's where a pure heart comes from. Because your righteousness comes from obedience to God. So in, verse, in, in, in 1 John uh, chapter 3, verses 2-3, to three, don't turn, I'm going to read it. He said, Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. Do you understand what I'm saying? When he is revealed from, from the Spirit and manifests himself in the natural, we will see him as he is. Because there are those who will see him and there are those who are going to see and run and hide. But if you have that faith, if your faith is at that standard, you are not going to hide. You're going to watch. You're going to be in awe and glory. And the love that you have, where did that love come from? Because as you were walking by faith, when you were walking this life, he revealed Himself to you and you know Him before you even see Him in His glory. You already know Him and love Him. You already know Him and love Him. Glory to God. 
So when He's revealed, there is a jo- there is a joy. There is a joy because you know Him and you love Him. Say, this is the this is the groom. This is the one I've always loved, and now He's here. When He's revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies Himself as He is pure. Who is doing the purifying? We are doing the purifying of ourselves. And how does that purification come? When we walk by faith. But if your faith is weak, how can you purify yourself? Because you're not walking in the light. You're walking in your own ways. Glory to God. Being holy is not something spooky. Being holy has nothing to do with the way you dress. It has nothing to do with how much you go to church. Being holy is an attitude of worship to God. How much you obey Him. How much you obey the Spirit. Are you doing what He called you to do? Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in your own way? That's holiness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. That's what makes Abraham holy. Why? Because he obeyed God. That's what makes us holy. We we choose to obey God and walk in His ways. That's what makes us holy. So he who has that hope purifies himself. But how does this purification take place? By faith. (laughs) By faith. It takes place by faith. Everything is contingent on your faith. Without faith you cannot reach the standard. So God will put you through trials. He would allow things to happen. So that your faith can be brought to the standard. If you submit and you trust Him. That trial you will overcome that trial. And you will go from faith to faith. From glory to glory. Because you all, you always as you submit to every trial. And He brings you through. You will get into the standard. And it's okay if you mess up. Because I messed up. I have messed up. I say, Lord, forgive me. That don't mean that you're free from the test. The test comes back around again. You've got to take the test again. You've got to go through the trial again. So if you're going over the same trial over and over and over, that means you're not passing. That means that your faith is not where it needs to be to overcome that trial. If you hear what I just said, something is lacking in you. So God will keep putting us through certain tests and trials while we are on this earth. The intent is to shape us into the image of Christ. As we submit to Him, our faith matures. And His glory is manifested through us. This is what He declared and this is what will happen. This is always God's desire. That through the church, it will be made known to principalities and powers. The manifold wisdom of God. And how is that going to happen? It's only going to happen through the church, through the ecclesia, the called out ones. Because they will be made to that standard. And the glory, God can reveal, Christ can reveal himself to the world through us individually and corporately. 